Hey, Westside family, Jake Gilbert here, one of the leaders in charge of our media department. Thanks for joining us for today's message. We hope you are blessed by what God has been speaking to us through our pastors and leaders, and we pray this leads you into an even more intimate relationship with Jesus. We love you guys, and enjoy. It's July 3rd. I can preach what I want doesn't have to be a 4th of July message, but this phrase kept ringing in my head. And there was a couple nights I woke up, and that's the first thing that's on my mind, is it is for freedom that you have set us free. And so I just knew that that's where I was going to go this morning. Somebody say freedom. Freedom, if you look in the uh, the definition up, is the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance and restraint. It's the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. So, a lot of us really like freedom. We want to act, speak, and do what we want without any hindrance or restraint, right? How many of you know some people that like freedom? Okay, well, today we're going to talk about a godly freedom. (laughs) And so, um, we're going to look at Galatians 5.1, and I actually want to read it in several versions this morning because I just like, I like um, the different ways that these versions of the Bible say it. The first one we're going to look at is the New King James Version, and this is what it says. Um, I think we have it back there. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty, somebody say liberty, by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. How many of you guys like that? Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Let's look at the message, how it says it. The Message Bible puts it this way. Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. Let's look at the Passion Translation, how it says it. At last, we have freedom, for Christ has set us free. We must always cherish this truth and firmly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. And then one more we're going to look at is the Amplified. It was for Christ, it was for this Christ has set us free, completely liberating us. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery, which you once removed. So going back to the New King James, it uses the word liberty. We have been liberated. In other words, we have been freed from oppressive restrictions imposed by our sin or by the law. But in order to be liberated, we had to have been bound, right? You don't set someone free who's already free. So in order for us to have been liberated, we had to have been bound. So prior to receiving the gospel message of repentance, forgiveness through Christ, we were all, somebody say all of us, 
were bound to sin. We didn't have the power to overcome our sinful desires and our sinful nature. We walked in guilt and shame. I don't have this one up here, but Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That word liberty here is translated as personal freedom from servitude, confinement, or oppression. How many of you know the song we sing? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is, there is. (laughs) Come out of the dark. Where was darkness? We were in sin. Come out of the dark into the, into the fullness of his. For where the Spirit is here, let there be. All right, you were singing scripture. Woo! Because who lives in us now that we have accepted the gospel message? The Spirit lives in us. And where the Spirit is, there is. So who has freedom? I'm glad you said I do and not you do, because then that would mean you didn't think you did and only I did. So the Spirit is in us. Now the Spirit. The Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. I have freedom because the Holy Spirit came into my life when I accepted the gospel message that there was sin in my life, that I need repentance, and I can have repentance through only the one and only Jesus Christ who died and rose again for my sins. That's freedom. I have freedom. It was for Christ. It it says, stand Fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. The only way I could be free today is through Christ. It's through the blood of Jesus. It has given me a freedom, and I'm no longer under the bondage that I once was in. Christ has made us free. In other words, we have the power to, or the right to act, speak, and think as we want, within the boundaries of Christ. It's different than the world, right? Liberty is not the worldly freedom to do whatever you want. It's the freedom, that kind of freedom inevitably leads to another kind of bondage or slavery. That's that of serving our own passions and our own lusts. What is it, what does it, um, what is another song we sing? I'm no longer a... I'm no longer a slave to fear, the fear of bondage. I am a child of God. I don't have to fear hell because I am a child of God and I'm no longer under that bondage. I'm not a slave to that. Instead, we have liberty to deny the flesh and our own selfish desires for the purpose of obeying God, pleasing him, and bringing glory to his name. Here's the issue that Paul addresses in the book of Galatians. So, again, we can't give you everything here, right? So you got to go back and you got to read the book of Galatians and get a clear understanding of this book. But I want to just bring it to you in a nutshell here. The issue is that Paul addresses with the Galatians is that God liberated us. He set us free through Jesus Christ, and he wants us to walk in that freedom. But some people are living on one side of liberation in a zone called legalism. Anybody understand legalism? 
Legalism is rules really without relationship. It creates bondage. It's a lot of do's and don'ts. It's all the laws. It's the idea that by doing good, having good works, or by obeying the law, a person earns and merits salvation. But Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 tells us, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So can you work your way to heaven? No. It came through Christ. Some people think that if you don't have rules and you don't have all these regulations, then people are just going to indulge themselves in sin. So that's why I got to lay the law down and tell you how to do it. They don't understand they're not God. You have people that try to tell you all these steps and they condemn people outside of their thought process. And you know what? Those people really tend to be kind of cold and harsh. Have you ever met some cold and harsh legalistic people? And if they're not careful, it actually can lead you. If you are a legalistic person, it can actually lead you to a hypocritical life because you wouldn't dare want to admit that you did something you just got jumped down somebody else's throat about doing. If you've been that dogmatic to someone, you may be too proud to admit that you committed the same sin you were telling them not to do or the same rule you told them not to break. Legalism creates a bondage in your life towards others. You're now bound to whatever it is they're telling you to do. But liberty, somebody say liberty, it brings life. So I want to caution you here like... He cautions us here in Galatians to guard yourself from legalism. To be careful you're not laying down rules and preaching them as gospel because your favorite Christian influencer says it's so. But for you to be led by the Spirit and not man, because I can see this in today's society being legalism that we're facing today. Well, the person I listened to on podcasts or my favorite influencer said, don't go do X, Y, Z. So therefore, you don't go do X, Y, Z. And if you do it, you're not as godly as me. That's legalism. I want to give you a perfect example of how you can be led by the Spirit and not by man from my childhood. I was a teenager dating this guy over here on the front row. It really worked out for me 30 years later almost. <laughs> and... In my household, I, as you guys know, if you don't know, if you're new here today, I was in a split household. My dad didn't serve the Lord. My mom did. But let me tell you, to this day, my mom is a rock-solid woman of God. And in the church realm, my mom operates in a lot of the gifts. She's, she is um, um, a huge prayer warrior, and I really as a child growing up, knew that my mom was a woman of God. And I trusted my mom, and I trusted what she said, right? Jonathan was raised in a pastor's home. He was raised by a godly mom and dad. And they stood for righteousness and holiness, and he trusted his mom and dad. So we decided, I thought it would be fun for us to go to the movies. And his dad was absolutely no, we don't go to the movies. 
And my mom was, sure, you can go to the movies. What movie are you wanting to see? It was all about what you wanted to see, the content of that movie. Would it fall in the lines of what she felt was good? And if she felt good, if she felt led by the Spirit that it was okay for me to do it, she would say okay. And if she didn't, she would say no. And it wasn't based off of the movies per se, but it was based off of her being led by the Spirit as to what I should or should not do. Okay? Jonathan's dad was, no, we're not doing that. Was he being legalistic? No. Let me explain this to you. His dad was being led by the spirit because he knew, and it just stinks sometimes, PK kids. There are certain things you can't do or certain things as a pastor that we don't do because you know what? It would hinder you hearing our message. And in that season, I want to tell you 30 plus years ago, Some of you didn't go to the movies, but you do now. I won't make you raise your hand. And so his dad, being led by the Spirit, said, Son, I I don't feel comfortable with you doing that. Now, there came a time that his dad said, You know what? You're at this age, and I want you to be led by the Spirit. And if you feel like you can, you can go. What do you think he did? (laughs) He went, Oh, yeah, I feel like I can. Now, Jonathan's mom and dad go to the movies. Their church knows they go to the movies, okay? I know that his dad will get up and walk out of a movie that's saying a bunch of blankety blanks. I know that his dad has gotten up and walked out of movies that had inappropriate things because the spirit was saying, don't sit there and stay there in that trash. Get up and get out. That is being led by the spirit. That's not being led by someone saying, if you go to the movies, I tell you what, you're not as godly as me or you're going to hell. That is legalism. Now, I'm giving you something from an era 30 years ago, but there are things today that people will try to put on you and try to make you feel bound by that are not God. And there are things that maybe I can do that you can't do or things you can do that I can't do because for whatever reason, the Spirit of God doesn't want me to do that in my life. Maybe it's the season I'm in. Maybe it's the people I'm influencing. I'll never forget we were in Hawaii and the very man that we have talked about a ton of times who is with Jesus now, but our, our whole thing of ministering to him, he was in his 50s, he came to know the Lord um, for the first time as an adult And he had lived a crazy life. And he was someone that we were witnessing to. And I remember that we had an opportunity to go out into the island and do one of those diving cages undersea where they feed the sharks and the sharks are all around you. Well, I didn't have that opportunity. Jonathan did. You know I wasn't going to take that opportunity. But it normally costs, if you're a tourist, maybe, has any of you ever done that? Went to Hawaii and did that? Um... So he, you would normally have to pay back then a lot of money to do that. And because um, his buddy that he helped move knew the guy, you know, one of those connections that welded the cage, he was like, yeah, I can get you in for free. But we knew that we did, he knew, I don't have the liberty to do that because the very man I'm witnessing to who is from the island says that that company, when the, those, they stopped doing that, the sharks are going to come in and they're going to get our people. <laughs> and so for them, it was just something they were very anti. And so we were trying to explain this to a young guy that had 
came to Hawaii. He was doing an internship with us there. And he's like, well, I'm going. That's just dumb. If he, he thinks that, well, then he's not really a Christian after all. Jonathan said, no. Like, I am, I am being a witness to him, and that would hinder my witness. And the Holy Spirit will not allow me to do that. Now, was it wrong for the, the kid went? Well, we, he was in our internship, but we were like, you know, you have to make that choice. He goes, well, I'm going. But he, that kid did not have the influence that Jonathan had on this man. And had Jonathan have went, I think he would have thought, you're just like any other Hallie that comes over to this island to destroy it and do what you want and would have put a block up from the things that Jonathan had to share. So I want you to understand there are some convictions you may have, and if God gives you that conviction, you stand for it in your life. But don't be pushing your convictions on other people where you're causing them to be bound. And later on they go, I don't even know why I couldn't. They just said don't. He warns us in Galatians to not be caught up in legalism and go back to the bondage that we were once under. He has set us free. I watched a girl from one of my missions trips she was just a teenager. She spent a week or a couple weeks with me in New York. She was a sweet girl, and I had an opportunity to really minister to her and get to know some of her past and so forth. And I don't know, it was probably five years after that mission trip, I saw her on social media. And I could tell that she had came under Christian bondage because of the way that she was dressed and all that she was doing. Then about a year later, she looked different again. Then about a year later, she looked different again. About a little year later, she looked different again. She went from no makeup and only dresses in one way to back to shorts and full-on makeup, back to no dresses and no makeup, back to full-on shorts and full-on makeup. And I thought, the poor girl doesn't know what she's supposed to be. Live a life connected to Christ. Allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you, and he'll lead and guide you to what you, who you are and what you're to do. Amen? Okay, so we're going to move on from that, because then there's people that are living on the complete opposite call, side, and it's called license to sin. Somebody say, did you get your license? So they go from being set free. We have the people who are set free. We're liberated. And we could go down that slope of trying to be legalistic. Or we're liberated, we're set free, and now we're going down the slope of, well, I have a license to sin, to appease my flesh. I'm not going to answer this, and I don't expect you to answer it, but I want to give you a question this morning. Two people. They are practicing. They are living out the exact same sin. It's not a slip-up. Not an accident. They're living in their sin. One's a believer. The other is not. Does the believer get a free pass to sin because he's a believer? This is a heart issue. Because you see, as believers, we desire to do what is right. We don't ignore the Holy Spirit who is in us guiding us. That's why we try not to sin. Anybody ever sinned in here? Raise your hand. After you did it, did you want to make it right? Raise your hand. Yes. 
because the Holy Spirit inside of us convicts us and he guides us to greater, greater places, right? Sin is a trap. It leads us to death. It leads us to darkness. Come out of the dark into the light, into the fullness of his love, right? Sin leads us to this dark path, but freedom leads us to light. And so when we're walking by the Holy Spirit, he leads us to a place of freedom. So it convicts us and we're like, "Ah, I knew I shouldn't have said that. I knew I shouldn't have done that. I don't want to do this. God, help me. Right? John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper who will be with you forever. That helper is the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it doesn't see or know him. You know him because he lives with you and will be in you. Romans 8, 6, the mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. We have life and peace when we choose to do what's right. If someone slips into sin, what are we to do? We're to quickly help them get back and get back to the place that God has called them to get back on track. We don't just go, well, keep on rolling, you sinner. I knew that's what you were to begin with. I hope you roll real far down that hill. No. We're like, hey, grab my hand before you get any deeper. Come on, if it's just your fingertip, I got you. And then you call for help. Hey, I need help. My brother's fallen, and I need some help because I can't even help him on my own. Because sometimes people's problems are bigger than mine. Sometimes I don't understand. There are those of you who have gone through things I've never went through. And I hope I don't either. Right? But there's things I've gone through that you've never gone through. Most of you don't know what it's like to be pastors. You don't know what it's like to have a congregation full of people that all have opinions and you please some and you don't others. You don't know what it's like to stand here every Sunday and be judged by if your hair dye is growing out or your, your hair's long or you, your shoes didn't match or whatever. You're not on display every week. You don't know what that feels like. I do. So I can minister to other ministers to encourage them in a way that you cannot. And I can pull aside other ministry people and say, hey, could you pray for this pastor? Could you pray for this person? Because they're going through something. Could you pray for this leader? They're just getting into leadership, and now they're experiencing things they never had any clue about. And you have gone things, some of you have gone through loss, some of you have gone through tragedy, some of you have gone through financial disasters, and you know how to pray and uphold someone that maybe I can't. But when we see someone falling, we should grab them as quickly as we can, get our posse, and get them up out of that sin and out of that legalism or out of that license to sin attitude. 
and rally behind them because we know what it's like to be free. There is joy and freedom. And if you can't live in that joy, nobody wants what you have. Freedom don't look so great on you. Freedom ought to look good on us. Because if freedom doesn't look good on you, there's nobody in your influence that wants what you have. Freedom should be, woo, I want some of that. Let me tell you, people who live in deliberate sin will reap what they sow. And Paul gives us warning, and I love how, do you know that what I'm reading, that scripture I read, Galatians 5.1, is at the very top of things that Jonathan touched on last week. And I just thought, God, how funny is this? That, I'm, uh, that what the scripture that kept coming back to my head is at the top of the chapter, and then Jonathan referenced last week, you won't inherit the kingdom of God. And that's all in the bottom there of Galatians. Again, go back, read it. He talked about it last week. And I just want to throw in here, sin is sin, and we must flee from sin. The Bible tells us to flee from sin. We must oppose sin regardless if it's a social movement, a trend, a government agenda, or if we fully understand it or not. There are some things people will come to you and they'll say, well, why it's wrong? And you don't really know why. But if the word of God says it's wrong, you can say, you know what? I just stand on the word and the word says it's wrong. I don't have all the answers for you. I would rather err on the side of Jesus because you can't go wrong with Jesus. You can't go wrong with the word of God. Then I would rather do that than err on the side of the world and lose everything. I don't care if it's a trend. I was talking to Jonathan last night, and I said, I'm going to say it. I'm not putting my Instagram pronouns. That's a trend. I'm not doing that. I don't need to define on a social site that I am a woman. I do not need to define because that is the social trend of what you do now. Says who? That's the legalism of the world. And I'm not bound by the world. And I don't have to define who I am to the world. I am who I am because God created me and knit me together in my mother's womb. And I stand strong in who I am. And I stand strong in the word of God. And in the beginning, God created. He created Adam and he created Eve. And I stand to the word of God. And I can't explain why people go through what they go through. I can't explain why people are addicted to drugs and have a draw to drugs or draw to sex or draw to whatever. But I can understand that God leads me into a path of righteousness and I choose that whether I understand it or not. I don't care what the trend is. I don't care what the agenda is. What I care about is that I stay connected to the Holy Spirit who will lead and guide me. And he'll lead and guide you in your conversations to keep your mouth shut when you're wanting to ramble and give your opinion. And he'll lead and guide you to speak in love when you have an opportunity for an open door to give life to someone. We are to be led by the Spirit. 
This week there were some things that I read about quickly. I said, Abigail, have you watched this? And she's like, no. And I'm like, well, don't. Well, why? Well, because they're putting things in this show now that we don't agree with and goes against the word of God and we're not going to watch it. Okay, mama. Simple as that. Be led by the Holy Spirit so you can lead your family by the Holy Spirit. And to they're in an accountable age where they can lead themselves. What does the freedom that Christ has given us allow? Freedom not to be a slave to sin, to stay out of legalism, and to stay out of a license to sin mindset. Liberty of the Spirit is not doing what you want or others want you to do, but what the Spirit leads you to do. And as we walk in the Spirit fruit grows. You can see some fruit in unbelievers, right? Anybody ever seen some unbelievers and they had some good fruit? The difference of a believer is that we operate in the nine fruit. Galatians 5.22. We're going to put it up here. Every believer should be walking by the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is, say with me, love, joy, Peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Man, live in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit. Let us do that. It was for this liberation that Christ has set us free. And the devil attacks the church from the inside. He tries to divide the church. And we're seeing that in today's society, a division in the body of Christ. But we need to walk by the Spirit. And when we see something, someone or something happening that doesn't settle right with our spirit, do you know the best thing you can do is pray about it? Pray and say, God, I don't know how many times I've said, God, like if I'm wrong, would you show me? Because I don't want to have this feeling if I'm wrong. So would you open my eyes to this situation and show me, God? And if, if I'm not wrong, and this is your heart for your people or this situation, would you open the eyes of, of the opposer and would you show them that they would walk and understand what your spirit is leading? We as believers, that should be our prayer. That God would show us when we're wrong and show others that they can see the fullness of God. There's beauty in that. The truth sets us free. John 8, 31. I do think we have that one. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. He is the truth. And as we read God's word, the truth sets us free. The next one. John 8, 34 and 36, Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. 
Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Somebody say free indeed. So Galatians, don't go back to bondage. You've been freed from bondage and now you are free to one. Live without guilt or shame. You are free indeed. So walk with your head up and be confident in your freedom. You have security through Christ. That's good news. Two, you have freedom to walk in the spirit of God, to grow and have healthy fruit. Doesn't that feel good? And three, you, have, you are free to serve. You're, you, in Ephesians, it says you are his handiwork. You're created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So you're free to serve, free to walk in the spirit, and free to live without guilt and shame. That's the freedom we've been given. Thank you, Lord. Live the life that Christ has freed you to. Romans 8, 2 says, because you belong to him. The power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So live like you're free. Don't live like you're bound by an awful taskmaster. Master. I've been given freedom to say no over which hinders me because I have Christ's strength and I am covered by his grace and mercy. I can say no to sin. I have faith that he will give me the strength and the power to overcome. I have been liberated from guilt and shame of what I have done in my past. And I have freedom to enjoy the blessings of God because he has set me up for success. And my heart this morning is that you would embrace the freedom that you've been given. That you wouldn't fall down a slope of legalism or fall down the slope of a license to sin. The worship team is coming. But you would instead stay the course of walking a life led by the Spirit, enjoying the freedom he has given you. And here's the ultimate liberty. The ultimate liberty that he gave us was freedom from death. The ultimate liberty that Christ gave us was freedom from death. John Chapter 2 says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life, Jonathan touched on all that last week, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. The world is passing away. It's not always going to be here. We're not always going to be here. But his kingdom is forever. And he gave us liberty that we don't have to have death, but we can have life and life everlasting. Stand to your feet this morning. Aren't you thankful that we have freedom and that we can walk in the joy of his freedom? If you're here this morning and you're still living under the condemnation of sin and junk, God wants to remind you that he's freed you from that. 
If you have accepted the gospel message and you understand that he has come to set you free, you don't have to live feeling guilt and shame. You are free. Look at somebody and tell them this morning. They need to hear it. Say, you are free. For Christ has set you free. Christ has set us free. He liberated us from that. But the back half of that Galatians 1, he lets us know all of what was done for us. But he says, and do not be entangled again by the yoke of bondage. Don't go back to being bound. And that sometimes can be such a struggle. Because we can start feeling bound by our sin because we're not just sliding We're starting a practice, and if you're practicing something, God wants to remind you this morning to get rid of that practice. And the devil's a liar. Because the devil will tell you, don't tell nobody. They'll never look at you the same. Don't go to anybody and admit what you're doing. They'll never let you do anything. Devil's a liar. I believe there's some people that's got a lifeline thrown out to you that says, hey, I've been there. Have you ever had a conversation with someone and they start to tell you something private and you're like, I would have never known that. You're kind of in shock. Because how many of us just, well, some of you do. I see it on Facebook. (laughs) How do you just blast all your business everywhere? (laughs) I want to tell you, I'm a hit and miss Last Monday was my daughter's, my baby daughter's ninth birthday. I never posted anything because I just can't keep up with all the things that you're supposed to post or do. She's nine years old. She don't have Facebook. She don't know I didn't post her. Don't you go telling her after church either. But seriously, you post what you want people to see or you post what you want people to ooh and boo over. Or you post what you want. You throw out a lifeline so somebody will give you, I look so ugly. And then everybody got 20 comments. Oh, no, you're beautiful. That irritates me. I'm just going to be real with you this morning, okay? You're not really going to post, so I want you to tell you, I want to tell you I got a disease from doing X, Y, and Z. You know, you're not going to post that. But you know what? There's people who've gone through things like that. And when they can go to someone and talk about it, it's liberating and it frees them to be able to say, I'm not the only one that's went here or done this or experienced this. I am reaping my sin and it stinks. And I know I shouldn't have done it and I know I shouldn't have been here, but I am. I just need somebody to let me know that there's hope on the other side. I just need somebody to tell me it's going to be all right. I just need somebody to remind me that God still loves me, cares about me, and still has a plan for me. Thank you, God, for people who will throw out a lifeline and be raw and real with the people that God sends their way to minister to. You see, you have a story for such a time as this. Someone needs your story, what you've done, your failures, your victories, so that they can be encouraged and blessed, and they can be renewed and refreshed to keep living out their life and their testimony. Because Christ has set us all free. He's liberated us. I don't have to feel the guilt and shame of what I did. And I have brothers and sisters in the Lord 
who are now free to serve. And I just might be one of the people they'll serve. And you'll be one of the people they serve. And God will use you to serve someone. And if we're all walking by the leading of the Holy Spirit, we're going to do it well. Because we'll do it in love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. And if we get ahead of the Holy Spirit, we'll do it all the wrong ways. And then we'll have to go back and ask them to forgive us. (laughs) I could have said that a little nicer to you. Could have been a little bit more patient. I didn't act in love. But guess what? If we're being led by the Spirit, we'll forgive and we'll get over it and we'll keep going on together. Because we're all going to disappoint each other at some point. Because we're imperfect people. Serving a perfect God. Who had a perfect plan to send his son Jesus. This morning, if you're here and you haven't accepted the gospel message, this is your opportunity this morning, right here, right now, to say, Dear God, and you can say it with me now, Dear God, I receive your son, that you sent him to die and be rose again for the forgiveness of my sins that I can have life everlasting. Thank you, God, for freedom. Thank you, God, for removing my shame and guilt. Thank you, God, that I have an eternity with you. In Jesus' name. It's that simple this morning. It's that simple. We can complicate the gospel, but it is repentance, salvation, baptism, and the Holy Spirit. And with that, we are all set up for success to leave here this morning with the Holy Spirit in us, working through us to do great things for one another, with one another. We can go out and shoot fireworks with joy and love and peace and celebrate that we live in a nation that I could get up here and say all the things I said to you this morning because I have freedom of speech. I have freedom to, to praise. We got to gather together here without any fear of someone coming in and shooting us because we're praising and worshiping and kneeling and rejoicing. We have freedom this morning and that freedom feels so good. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally through this message and continues to encourage you throughout the coming weeks.